Engineering management can be a lonely place. Welcome to Managers Club, where you'll find interviews with top engineering leaders and managers to help and inspire you. Listen to the real-life stories of successful and ambitious engineering leaders who are focused to lead their teams to bigger and better outcomes. This is Managers Club. Good afternoon. Uh, I have with me today Robbie Bean. Uh, hi, Robbie. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Rodell. Nice to be here. Robbie, maybe you could tell us, tell people a little about your role and what Beautiful Code does. And by the way, I, lo- I love the name. Cool name. Thank you. Yeah, so I am uh, the founder of Beautiful Code. I set up this company about seven years back in 2013. Um, and the company basically uh, sets up and fully manages remote engineering teams for our clients. Robbie, you know, a lot of companies struggle with remote teams. You know, as some companies I've even worked at, they don't allow it. You know, they have this term like face-to-face culture, which basically is a nice way of saying, like, we don't want any remote teams. We can't deal with remote teams. So do you have any, like, quick advice for engineering managers on the, uh, you know, remote teams? <laughs> I'm just thinking where to start. Yeah, so I understand, you know, I think it's natural that people want to interact in person. Definitely that has the highest quality quotient, right, when you're interacting in person. The remote teams, I believe, uh, is more of an evolution of, in general, of how people want to work and how, in general, technology is transforming and making people capable to work remote, right? So it's a trend, I believe. It's not really a trend. I think it started off as a trend, but it's going to be inevitable for companies to be remote um, smart uh, and even distributed smart. There there are a few companies which have gone 100% distributed. We're not even talking about remote. If people are typical of what remote can do for them, uh, you know, they probably could learn uh, a different perspective, not to say this is going to work for everyone. Uh, they could learn a different perspective by just observing fully distributed engineering teams. Um, so the advice to engineering managers is you don't have to buy in to the remote of the distributed, um, you know, setups or cultures. Uh, but if you spend time to understand, uh, then you can kind of get another perspective of how uh, some of these, you know, new age leaders are basically setting up remote and distributed teams and making it work. Uh, interesting. So you said they could like observe and understand. Like, how would be a way if someone's at a company where they don't have like remote that they could like observe this? I'm just curious. What be your advice on that? Yeah, um, some of the companies have been pretty vocal about this. Um, if you think about Buffer. Uh, you know, we recently talked to Katie, who's a VP of engineering at Buffer. Uh, we are also learning because this is, I would say, like a new um, kind of a management practice, engineering management practice, which is gaining a lot of traction. Um, so there are some thought leaders. Uh, Katie is definitely one of them. Uh, and there are other companies who have, in general, gone 100% distributed or 100% remote, companies in general who don't have offices. Stripe notably, you know, has made a big, uh, you know, kind of decision and commitment to go remote. 
there is material that is kind of and literature that is kind of building up as these people share their experiences as these people are talking um, which is fantastic because this is not an area which has been like formally researched uh, unlike for example software development processes you have the agile uh, you know methodology right which was fairly researched fairly studied um, I would say the remote uh, area is kind of in its inception uh, there is not a lot of formal uh, you know kind of ways of doing it but I think that's just uh, you know due uh, it's a matter of time before people are going to share their best practices on how they would run their remote teams uh, and then I think a community is going to get built over it and we're going to see more uh, methodologies so coming back to your original question how can people observe I think at this stage um, talking to people I am sure there are a lot of the VP of engineers or CTOs or engineering managers in their network who have who are doing this. So if you spend some time just talking to them, understanding their perspective, um, that's a good way of learning from real experiences. That's what we do. We get a lot of value from it. Uh, I would basically recommend the same. All right, thanks. But you know, I just want to deep dive a little bit on that because it's a topic that I know is a really important topic here. Um, Maybe just going back, I know I looked at your background. I know you work at Yahoo, you work at AT&T Interactive, now you have your own company. Maybe you could say a little bit about your background and how you got into management. Uh, how I got into management, I've been a software developer, as you, you know, briefly mentioned. Um, and then it was kind of natural, I guess, at some point for me to uh, pick a management route or a more of a individual contributor route. Uh, management is definitely very, you know, interesting and challenging for me. Um, so I became an engineering manager during my stint at AT&T Interactive, um, and in general, that area made me very curious. Uh, I even kind of went to business school and you know kind of got an MBA uh, after I, after my AT&T stint. Uh, so I think it's just my natural inclination uh, to learn more about business management as well as engineering management. All right. You mentioned uh, that you found management also challenging, too. So I'm curious, what are some of the biggest challenges you face as a manager? Um, it's, I think these are very good challenges. People, in general, uh, would look forward to these challenges because it would help them be more uh, you know, curious. Uh, they want to accomplish something. So you have a lot of such opportunities. Um, in general, you know, this is my thinking, and I feel a lot of managers and leaders think of this as talent can only take you so far, but if you want to create a large impact, you need to be able to work with people, and therefore you will develop a natural kind of motivation to be to understand management and to, to get better at management. Um, so this is this is basically the reason why you know I and I think a good number of people get into management because they want to create a large impact. Uh, through teams. Challenges, um, oh boy, where do I begin, right? I mean, for someone who's new to management, it's a very different um, kind of art and science to begin with. So people take time to really uh, understand. Uh, and most of us kind of do it the hard way. You get into engineering management, and then you get some practical experience. Uh, and then over a period of time, you manage larger groups of people and you kind of settle there. Um, 
So in general, I feel management is a large area, right? And then you know there are people aspects of it. There is uh, in a business, uh, definitely engineering aspects of it. There is potentially marketing and products uh, aspects of it. So there's just a lot to I would say chew on and to get better, and this takes time. This is one challenge uh, from an individual standpoint. Uh, other challenges, I think, amazing managers uh, are pretty good at communication, right? And then people, I think, uh, some some people are very fortunate. They're gifted with very good communication skills, and they tend to kind of have a relatively easier path and a relatively easier learning curve for them. Uh, but in general, understanding communication, your own communication, the limitations of your communication, and observing you know, how leaders communicate and how effective communicators communicate will help you get, get better at your game. And then that will help you rally, uh, you know, support your team, and therefore result in a bigger impact. Uh, so yeah, in general, trying to understand nature of management and uh, kind of uh, pushing yourself to be a better communicator, uh, in general, you know, are my top challenges I see for managers. Okay, I, I I totally get that. I mean, manager, you have to communicate, and it's just amazing. Everything you do is through communication because it's, it's through other people. Um, here to follow on to this, I read your you had an interview on your blog with uh, Melissa Lester, I think her name was, or Letter, mm-hmm. and you asked her a really interesting question. You asked her, hey, I'd love to hear a story uh, where you learned a lesson as an injury manager. Could you share with us maybe a specific story of some lesson you learned? Sure. Um, I'm just uh, you know, kind of trying to pick one useful story that people can relate to. Um, so I have a few instances which led me to kind of come to this generalization where it's very important, right, for a group or a company or a group of people when they're working on a project to go, you know, beyond their perspective and understand, uh, you know, and put themselves in other shoes and understand their perspective. A lot of the times this is, you know, kind of missing. People are Solely focused on what they're kind of expected to do, and that limits their understanding of the big picture. So, this is a learning I try to uh, definitely preach and, and help my engineering managers to uh, get good at. Uh, I ask them, you know, don't think of yourself as an engineering manager when you're making decisions. Think from others' perspective as well. Go a little higher and see who who are the other leaders or who are the other teams and how you know that are impacted by this initiative and what is their perspective. So I think that's very, very important. It helps people to become better problem solvers uh, versus becoming task implementers, right? That's the phrase I keep using you know with my teams. Um, right? So to that I would say there, is, there are numerous instances where you know, for example, if you have a Jira ticket, there's some detail on the Jira ticket, and, and the engineer will continue, will try to understand, obviously, and then, you know, implement it without having a real, you know, big picture understanding. Uh, I don't think this is only applicable to engineering teams, but I could also, you know, relate you know, this kind of a, um, I don't want to use the word a narrow mindset, but it's on that lines where you're just focused on, you know, what you're trying to accomplish 
without really taking time to understanding the big picture. Um, sorry if, if that is uh, too general. No. Uh, well, no, I, I get it. No, that's totally happened. Where some engineers just heads down and they're just, like you say, they're just filling out the zero ticket and they're just doing whatever's in the ticket but not really understanding the context, I think is what you're trying to say. And maybe this has happened to you in the past. And then it's like if they just talked to the customer, they might have understood this is actually not what we want. Yeah. In general, what I feel is, uh, and most of the uh, teams are, uh, you know, they adopt an agile kind of way of doing things. Uh, agile does a pretty decent job on execution, uh, right? And it tries to get everyone on the same page on a short time frame. Um, but I wonder what else can we do in a, in a good process-oriented way so that people are also aligned, right, on the big picture. Uh, when that happens, people are better problem solvers, as I was saying, right? And then they do, they, and then they create a higher quality output for whatever task they are, you know, working on. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, I wanted to ask you uh, to talk about your approach to hiring. You could talk to us about hiring. Here in Silicon Valley, where I live, like hiring is super, super challenging for everyone. I just wonder what it's like for you and, and if you have any tips or tricks for hiring. Yeah, I guess uh, uh, we have a little bit of an unfair advantage when it comes to hiring because uh, our teams are mostly hired in India. Uh, India has a different challenge. Hiring is not the challenge. The challenge in Indian, Indian talent in general, again, I'm not trying to uh, make a blanket statement that this is a problem across the board, but you know, generally speaking, hiring is not really a challenge. It's really the grooming part, which is a uh, little challenging for us. So obviously we look for potential and interest uh, in the candidate when we are trying to hire, try to understand the motivations of why this person wants to get into engineering as a career in the first place, right? Uh, instead of uh, very clearly uh, trying to do a fit between the, the job description and the candidate's profile. Uh, once we understand the base motivations of for why this person goes into engineering and then we get good signals, you know, this person could be a pretty good engineer. Uh, and again, the interview process in general is not a very full-fledged, uh, you know, uh, high-fidelity process. So you have to kind of uh, get the signals you can from that process and, you know, and take a call. Uh, but once you have someone who you believe is a pretty you know, high-potential candidate, uh, you know, we, we definitely focus a lot in the grooming aspects, trying to understand the person's gaps, trying to understand uh, maybe even the project needs and trying to make it very explicit to that person. Um, so that, you know, and then we spend a good amount of time in grooming. Once we have a good you know, grooming for about two months, uh, so it's kind of an extended onboarding period, you can, another way to look at it. Um, we've seen that you know, once we do that well, you know, retention and engagement of the engineers you know, is you know in a kind of predictable happy path. Um, so so yeah, uh, I think uh, countries like India, there is there is a lot of talent that, that needs to be tapped into. Not just India, I think uh, this is one of the reasons why remote is actually gaining a lot of traction. If you can better manage your uh, you know engineering workforce, uh, right? If you're a smart remote engineering manager, there's a lot of you know potential you can tap into, and therefore. And then, and then translate that into you know, outcomes for your organization. Um, yeah, I guess the short answer is 
I think it's not really a challenge. Uh, it's really about aligning and engaging the engineer uh, for for my company. I see. So it's more grooming them once you've hired them, getting them ready to work and and to succeed. All right. You know, essentially, I, I went to India for the first time last year, and I got to see you know a lot of Bangalore and Hyderabad. So it's interesting to see yes, um, the environment there. Um, have you been? Oh, Uber has a big presence in Hyderabad. Have you been to Hyderabad? Yes, I did. In fact, I visited Uber in Hyderabad and in Bangalore, and uh, I, I I find it fascinating. Fascinating. I, I had a great time. So um, let's see. Uh, I think you said you mentioned you had some managers that that work for you even now, right? Yeah. So I wanted to ask, uh, what would be your advice uh, for managers who are just starting out, you know, as brand new managers? Yeah, um, I don't really expect brand, brand new managers to uh, you know, pick up things so quick and then do it uh, as uh, an experienced person would do for the reasons I mentioned. It is management is actually a challenging uh, field and you know, most of the engineers who work as individual contributors uh, you know, might not be a very natural fit for them to transition to this. You know, it's not like going from a engineer to a senior engineer, it's almost like going into a different function. Um, so I personally, you know, definitely would, uh, you know, plan for the senior folks to spend more time with them. So in, in general, kind of have a engineering manager buddy who's, who's more senior, right? That way that person is constantly helping them. It takes time, you know, from my experience for a new person uh, to kind of get smart at this. Uh, so I, one advice I would give in general to the senior folks, senior managers and, and the new managers is, you know, pair and, you know, make sure there's a support system for this person uh, because that accelerates, uh, you know, general learning. Um, that, you know, I would say, is number one. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's so many aspects to engineering management that the senior person can you know, talk about and and kind of show it in person, get hands-on also to some extent, right? Um, and that's what uh, makes the person, you know, set up for success. All right, so like having, I think that's a good suggestion, something like an onboarding buddy, basically a mentor, you know, for them as yeah. a new manager. All right. That's right. Yeah. I saw, I was reading on your blog again, and, uh, you know, enjoyed reading your blog, I saw a post you had, about how engineering leaders could stay organized and disciplined. And, uh, you know, I'm curious how your workday is like and how do you manage, for example, your time, emails, black messages, whatever, you know, how do you stay focused and get things done? Because it's so hard as a engineering manager, you know, there's so many people coming at you. Yeah, it's easier said than done, uh, and I think I might be uh, lying to myself uh, if I said I'm doing all of these things, uh, right? So that's the you know challenging and interesting part of uh, getting disciplined as a manager because you're trying to don many hats and solve multiple different kinds of problems. Um, I think I would try to optimize. To I would try to optimize by enabling my engineering managers to be their decision makers uh, for the most part. Uh, so I focus on 
their success and, and their enablement. I try to give them feedback. Hey, you know, I would have done it this way, or maybe you know the way you're spending time. Uh, you know, you might want to think about it. Maybe you should also feel comfortable to let go of your responsibilities and and, and delegate it to the lead engineer or the senior engineer, uh, and also be prepared for failure. Right. So it's very important for me to enable them. Um, so that uh, that is what I in general optimize. I spend time, you know, working with my engineering managers, doing my one-on-one. Um, sometimes we do a group uh, session um, where we uh, collectively do a retro of how the previous sprint went for all of my engineering managers, uh, and then that gives them some insights, uh, and that helps each other manager also. You know, this person. Uh, the interesting thing is every project is uh, you know unique. It's got a different business context. It's got uh, different technology you know solution needs. Uh, so it's very interesting when you listen to other people share their experiences, uh, and that helps them, right? Kind of uh, you know, see how uh, and they can learn easily from others' experiences. Uh, coming back to me, yeah. So this is my focus. Uh, you know, when I'm fresh, uh, you know, maybe in the AM, in the first uh, three four hours, I try to plan for these meetings and 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 you know get you know some of this enablement done. Uh, and easier said than done. I would ideally want to look at emails, uh, you know, after lunch or you know, in the second half of the day. Um, sometimes that's not practical. Sometimes there's just too much, uh, you know, uh, notifications happening. Um, yeah, but I think I do a pretty decent job in kind of pushing back to the later part of the day. Uh, and you know, one thing that is very, very critical to me, and it's very hard. It's not very hard, but you know, it's very important to master is uh, the sleep cycle. Uh, I feel, you know, if I have a good, you know, good night's sleep, I can take anything up the next day. I'm ready for anything, right? Uh, even if something goes wrong, I don't feel, you know, dejected. Uh, I just feel more energized. Okay, got it. I know. I, I have the energy. I got a good sleep. Uh, I can solve anything, right? So I kind of get that energy if I have, you know, a good sleep. So, uh, yeah, I think it's important to kind of ramp down towards the end of the day, uh, maybe do some reflection on good days, or, you, know, you do some reflection and plan for the next day. Uh, that's a good way to end the day, and then, you know, you can kind of uh, switch off the button and uh, start the next day. I'm with you. When I get a good night's sleep, I actually even feel smarter the next day. <laughs> so it helps, it helps to make sure you get enough sleep. Um, could you share an internet resource or tool that helps you that you couldn't live without? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, that's an interesting question. Actually, I don't have any, uh, to be honest. Uh, and I try to stay away from the internet, uh, especially during my peak uh, in a performance hours. Um, my phone is, you know, perpetually on silent mode, one of the reasons. One of the complaints, one of the constant complaints from my wife, but, but that is what I have to do to do a good job at work. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really, uh, I, I, you know, uh, have an internet um, tool or a resource uh, for my productivity. There, yeah. All right. Well, perhaps do you have a book? If you could recommend one book to managers, what would it be and why? Um, 
I'm just thinking about uh, some of the books I've read recently, so definitely there is some, you know, uh, recency uh, bias built into this. Um, hmm. I, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, respect for sleep and the role sleep plays, to, you know, in our bodies. Uh, I read this book, Why We Sleep, by Matthew Walker, uh, and Matthew goes in depth. Uh, and it and it and he educates the reader in understanding how sleep is engineered in our bodies. So understanding of you know how sleep works uh, really helps us as engineers again to to uh, plan for it and then to optimize for it. Uh, so hands down, I would say you know the, the book I would recommend to the managers is interestingly enough about how they can sleep better. Why we sleep by Matthew Walker. Okay, perfect. Um, so I don't know how we're doing on time, but just have really one more uh, meaty question here, if you have a minute. And that is, could you talk about your approach and how you mentor and coach members of your team? You know, I'm talking of like career development, like what do you what do you do in that, or say they want to get work on promotions, you know, all these kind of things. Yeah, um, I've been doing this uh, for some time now, right? Pretty much from my ADN interactive days. I have about also nine to ten years of uh, engineering management experience, and I definitely think I've kind of gotten better towards the later half of this period. Uh, I think it's very important to understand the individual before you can uh, even plan to add value to that individual, right? Uh, and once you really understand the person, again, it's very hard to really, really understand someone, but to the best of your abilities, if you can understand um, you know, the context of that person, where did that person grow up, what did that person do, why did that person you know, pick or do something, um, and in general, what are the motivations for that person, right? I think that context is a good starting point, and I think we have to put some time in really uh, understanding um, in that context. The reason I also emphasize on this is, um, you know, with the millennial generation and in general, you know, people are trying to be far more flexible in the way they are working, uh, which means uh, that they're giving far more importance to the work-life balance and, and their preferences as against the standard way of, you know, coming to work, uh, you know, doing certain thing and you know, calling it a day. Um, it's very important. Uh, if that is the context, if that is the preference, that is the natural preference. It's very important to understand that and then design, right? And design the environment for that for that person individually. Again, it is not scalable, uh, but I think that is the approach I generally have um, to to see, you know, how this person can how we can get more potential and value out of the person, right? So that's the starting point. Um, and yeah, it, it's, uh, as I said, it's, you can't really scale this, uh, except at the meta level, uh, right? And then every person's journey is going to be different. Uh, I definitely focus on uh, quality here than quantity, uh, because uh, I think in the long term, they can enable far more people if you know they're going into a management track. Uh, right. So, sorry, I'm not giving very you know, pointed ways of uh, 
uh, I guess, uh, nurturing people. But this is the general way I think. Uh, and once I know that person and once I can work with that person on a plan, hey, you know, this is what, you know, we should be doing because, this, you know, it's kind of a win-win for you and, uh, and the organization. Uh, let's focus on some of your gaps uh, and then, you know, in, 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 Talk about the gaps or um, you know how the person is doing in those areas in the one-on-ones. Uh, so a lot of you know I'm combining the pairing, mentoring, uh, and also really understanding the motivations of the individuals um, because I think we are going into that era where it's important to uh, nurture the uh, the people aspect um, and then they become. Uh, and then they become basically leaders, right? If you can do that right. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, framework. Yeah, do has, you have any framework or tool you use to establish their motivation? Anything you do? Um, so I am working on a framework um, called the Remote Engineering Framework. Again, this does not necessarily um, oh. address this. Um, this framework, which you know, me and my engineering, my remote engineering managers, which we use. Uh, is um, you know, something which we have built over the years, and it predominantly um, you know helps or the, the aim is to make the remote team uh, highly productive and and actually um, you know, solve for some of the natural challenges remote teams have. Uh, oh. And one of them, yeah, and you, you can definitely read more about that um, on the BigQuerySchool.co uh, you know website. Uh, and one of the aspects of the framework is about people and how you know you would manage those people. Uh, so this is one of the things that I don't think we've gone too detailed in, but we've kind of addressed it from a remote uh, you know framework or remote engineering management setup. Uh, yeah, you know, check it out. I would really love to hear your comments on how we are thinking uh, of you know setting up and enabling remote uh, engineering teams. Okay, so there's an actual remote engineering framework guide or something in the blog. Okay, uh, not the in the blog. Topic. I think. Go yeah, on. if you go to the main website, uh, I think it's there in the main links. Um, it's separate from the blog section because that is a framework which we have formalized for ourselves, and we are we are employing it for our projects. Yeah, so there is an actual framework which we use. Okay, wonderful. I will I will check it out. All right, so, uh, Ravi, you've been super generous with your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for, you know, coming on the show and uh, being interviewed here on Managers Club. You know, I'll link your blog definitely, you know, Beautiful Code CEO uh, here. But is there any other place people should go to learn more about you if they wanted to reach out to you or learn anything else? That would be great if, uh, you know, people do reach out to me because they stumble on the remote engineering framework and, you know, they ask me questions about it. Uh, I would really love to, you know, work and collaborate with people in enabling them. Uh, and maybe they adopt the framework, or maybe they adopt a version of the framework that suits their context. That that would be a great outcome, uh, you know, without if uh, you know you can help me with that. And I, I just want to keep it, uh, you know, simple. This is what, this is my passion. I really want to make remote engineering management, you know, very, you know, I want to figure that out, right? So. Uh, if, if people have questions about it, I'm happy to you know work with them and uh, help them. I, I would just uh, at this point say the framework is you know a good starting point, and if they have interest, I think they'll figure out a way to reach to me. 
So should they reach out to you through your website or LinkedIn or what's the best way? LinkedIn, definitely. I'm more of a LinkedIn uh, animal. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, again, thank you so much, and I really appreciate it.